What's up, BC family? It's your host, Don Shea Bates, and I'm back with another podcast episode on today. Today is Monday, so you know what time it is, Men of Monday. Okay, so glory to God, we are back for another podcast. For those of you who listened to the last podcast, we had um, an intercessory prayer that took place. We prayed and we reached the heavens together. So I thank you all for who tuned into that. And on today, the Holy Spirit has led me um, to cover a topic that is necessary in this time. For some of us, it may be correction. For some of us, it may be an eye opener, an awakening to something that we may have known nothing about. Whatever this is for you today, I pray that it reaches you where it needs to reach you and that you take it back to God and get clarity on what it is that he has had this word come across your feed for on today in the name of Jesus. So we thank you. We're going to go ahead and go into prayer. Father God, in the mighty name of your gorgeous, gracious, perfect son, we say thank you, Jesus. We say thank you, Father God. And we say thank you, Holy Spirit. And we haven't forgotten about the angels who are fighting for us. We say thank you to our angels in the name of Jesus. We thank you that all things are working together for the greater good of those who love the Lord. Amen. Father God, we thank you that on today we have an expectation to receive what it is that you have called forth for us to receive on today. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for the BC family. I thank you for the Boldly Confess show, Father God. Without the show, Father God, some of us would not be at the heights that we are today. Some of us would not be soaring in the right direction, Father God. We thank you uh, that this is a place that holds us accountable, Father God, to what it is that you call us to do, Father God. We thank you for the direction that it has given us on today and the days before and the days to come in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood over this podcast platform, Father God. We plead the blood over each and every person that would come to speak, Father God, that would come forth to give the word on this podcast, Father God, that would come forth to give their testimony on this podcast platform in the name of Jesus. Father God, I ask that I, Don Shea Bates, decrease and that you would increase. We give you full reign and authority, Father God. You can come by way of no invitation, Father God, for this is your second home in the name of Jesus. And on today, Father God, we thank you. And as we go forth and learn about being faithful to God, Father God, and not being friends uh, with the worldly things, Father God, we just ask that you help us to hear in a way that we will receive, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name that we pray, glory, hallelujah, amen. So, amen, BC family. I just love you all. And like I said, I'm always glad to be back here. Um, I want to start from the book of Peter, chapter 4. And I'm going to be reading from the CEV version. And then we're going to jump over to the book of James, which I don't believe that we have ever visited since the podcast has started. So, I'm excited for that. James, chapter 4. Okay? So, let's go ahead and get into Peter, 1 Peter, chapter 4. And it reads... Christ suffered here on earth. Now you must be ready to suffer as he did. Because suffering shows that you have stopped sinning. It means you have turned from your own desires and want to obey God. 
for the rest of your life. Let's take a pause there, BC family, because this right here, though it's only two verses, it is so meaty, glory to God. So what this has told us, what this has let us know, what this has reassured us on today is that if we are feeling as though we are suffering, BC family, if you are feeling as though you are suffering in some area of your life, whether it be your finances, whether it be in your friendships, whether it be in the way that you're eating, whatever it is. I know that we are fasting. If, if you feel that you are suffering in other areas of your life because you are submitting yourself to the will of God and, and being uh, consistent in prayer, I want you to know the word of the Lord wants you to know. As it says here in verse 1, Christ suffered here on earth. Now you must be ready to suffer as he did because suffering shows that you have stopped sinning, right? So I want to focus on the stopped sinning portion. What that means to me and how the Holy Spirit is showing it to me is that we can use it, for example, if you are a shopper, and God is calling you higher. He's calling you into greatness to save the finances, to use the finances differently uh, and not for self. You may feel as though that you are suffering because you are used to spending it this way. You are used to buying the things that you enjoy. But in this season, God has you spending differently. God has you sowing seeds instead of reaping great harvest, right? So that could be suffering for someone. But I'm here to tell you, the word of the Lord is here to tell you. When you feel that way, that means, as verse 2 says, that it means you have turned from your own desires and want to obey God for the rest of your life. So I want to clap for you on today. Glory to God, I want to clap for you because that's a big deal. That may be small to some, but it's big to our God. And it means that you have turned from your own desires. And that is not easy. As we have submitted ourselves three times daily into prayer, you have turned somewhere from a desire, whether it be a binge watching your show, whether it be uh, by way of just going out and hanging out with friends, not picking up the phone so fast because you have time with God that you are uh, required to be doing in this time. Okay. So I want to congratulate you and say thank you for joining us all in the submission, in the desire and the obedience um, to obey God for the rest of your life. Okay, so let's carry on. Verse 3 reads, you have already lived long enough like people who don't know God. You were immoral and followed your evil desires. So what this is saying is that you've already been there. You've already experienced uh, immorality, living in the way that the world, uh, following your own evil desires, the things that you wish um, carry on. You went around drinking and partying and carrying on. In fact, you even worship disgusting idols. There's times that we have turned and ran to alcohol to bring us joy, to bring us an escape instead of prayer. There's times that we ran to fashion to make us feel as though we are worthy when the word has already said that we have been chosen, when the word has already said that we have been set apart, that we are beautiful, right? 
So when we turn to these things, when we turn to whether it be something as simple as a cigarette to relieve tension and stress, that is not casting our cares on the Lord. So we have begun to idolize these things without even knowing, without even really having the intentions of doing that. But those things have been our escape goats for so long. But when we took up our mat and decided to choose God and to turn away from our desires and to begin fasting from certain things and certain places and letting go of certain friends, even when it hurts, we have decided to let go of those, what the word called it, disgusting idols. So God is well pleased. Glory to God. Verse four reads, now your former friends wonder why you have stopped running around with them and they curse you for it. So people aren't happy, BC family. This isn't an easy thing. You're, you, you've turned from your wicked ways. You've set aside these idols that we have created for ourselves. We have turned from friends whom we've loved, whom we've spent time with, whom we've enjoyed. And some of us who, who, who have been around them since childhood, so they're like family. And as verse 4 said, it said, now your former friends wonder why you have stopped running around with them. And they curse you for it. They don't understand. They're just upset. But what us as kingdom have to understand and followers of Christ is that not everybody is going to understand you taking up your mat. You turning in the right direction. You not going in cycles. So yes, People have cursed you for it. People have spoke down on your name. People have manipulated and told lies. People have conspired against you, teamed up with other people who dislike you for no reason. People who haven't even met you. People who are not bold enough to approach you themselves. So they send minions to so-called check you about certain things. But guess what? We serve a God who fights for us. And we no longer have to fight. We are so fully surrendered. And God has handled that situation in such a beautiful way. And exposed the enemy to be a liar. Right? So let's carry on. Verse 5 reads, But they have to answer to God, who judges the living and the dead. The good news has even been preached to the dead so that after they have been judged for what they have done in this life, their spirits will live with God. So this is amazing, BC family. But they will have to answer to God. These people who have come up against you and turned against you because you have chosen to do a good thing. You have chosen to follow God. You have chosen to leave behind your flesh-like desires. I want you to know, and the word of the Lord wants you to remember, they will have to answer to God. Glory to God. Verse 6 reads, the good news has been preached to the dead. So that after they have been judged for what they have done in this life, their spirits will live with God. Everything will soon come to an end. So be serious about, be serious and be sensible 
enough to pray. Most most important of all, you must sincerely love each other because love wipes away sin. Welcome people into your home and don't grumble about it. Each of you have been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others. So use your gift well. I want to stop right here and take a deeper look at verse 10, which was the portion that said, Each of you have been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service. I want to point out service of others. So use your gift well. Service. This is a key factor in the kingdom. We are called to serve. We don't have these gifts because we want to have insight and pray selfish prayers to usher in blessings that God has already promised us, right? God has blessed us with these gifts to be used, as it says in the word of the Lord, to be used in the service of others. So if you are a seer and God is showing you some things that you know not to be of God and your brother and your sister, they come to you and they inquire about some things. If God has released you to minister a certain thing to these people and you withhold information, You are not serving that person. Okay, let's look at it from another aspect. If you are, let's say that your gift is giving. If you are a giver, but you're only giving to people whom you know can give back to you. But you are denying to give or feed or whatever the situation may be. The person's who may be in a situation where they're not able to give back. You're doing, one, yourself a disservice. Two, you're not serving as we are called to serve others. It didn't say serve those who can serve you. It said to serve, To it said, hold on, let me back up. It said, each of you, has been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others. In the service of others. So that is in the pursuit of serving. So use your gift well. If you have influence... Don't use it to be misleading. Don't use it to be manipulative. Don't use it to start fires that God is going to have to put out. Let's carry on. Verse 11. If you have the gift of speaking, preach God's message. If you have the gift of helping others, do it with the strength that God supplies. Everything should be done in a way that will bring honor to God because of Jesus Christ, who is glorious and powerful forever. Amen. That is beautiful. I want to back up because he just confirmed what I was just ministering in verse 11. It says, if you have the gift of speaking, preach God's message. So we are called to preach God's message, not what we feel. 
Not if we dislike a person, not if we feel that this person is more advanced than us, that we would use our words for messages that we want to spread of our own, for gossip. No, it didn't say if you have the gift of speaking to 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 preach your message. It said if you have the gift of speaking, preach God's message. So this is a humble correction on today. For someone, it could be for myself as well, but it could also just be a reminder to those who have made who have been doing what it is that they are called to do, which is preaching God's message. It says, if you have the gift of helping others, do it with the strength that God that God supplies. Don't go above what your faith believes. Don't go above what what God has placed on your heart to do because then your heart posture would not be correct. It would not be at the right heart posture and you could be sowing seeds in doubt. You could be sowing seeds in vain uh, because it does matter how you give. If someone came up to you asking for a piece of gum and you're shoving it into their hand, you have the gum, but you just don't want to share, God sees your heart posture. If you're going around and you're gossiping, you're starting wars and starting fires. God sees you. And you have to remember that just as though we are children of God, there are other children of God out there who do not boldly confess that they are, that they live a more secluded, quieter lifestyle. So when someone is quiet and someone is gentle, and we choose to step aside of what we know to be right, the word of the Lord, and we and we and we operate in selfish gain, meaning speaking messages of our own, spreading gossip, meaning giving only in order to receive certain things. Yes, we can expect to receive because we know that's in the word, but we should not give only expecting to receive. We should not give false testimony, expecting to receive uh, instant gratification instead of waiting on the Lord to take vengeance. We should not be giving food in the, in, the, in the mindset of, okay, well, I fed them last week. So next Thursday, I expect them to feed me. No, that's not the heart posture that we should be in. Glory to God. If you have the gift of helping others, do it with the strength that God supplies. Everything should be done in a way that will bring honor to God because of Jesus Christ, who is glorious and powerful forever. Amen. So if this situation does not pertain to you and you have been in the will of God, glory to God, I want to read to you a portion uh, which the Lord just laid it on me in this setting. I wasn't going to share this part, um, but we're still in the book of first Peter and we're going to go down. Um, we're still in chapter four as well. We're going to go down to verse 12 and this is talking about the suffering for being a Christian. Okay. So we can look forward to these specific things, right? Verse 12 reads, dear friends, don't be surprised or shocked that you are going through testing Testing that is like walking through fire. 
So we can expect these things. Don't be shocked when people come up and conspire against you. Don't be shocked when the enemy is using people who are former friends who curse you. And because they're weak-minded and weak in, in spirit, that's what it is. Because if you were strong and mighty in spirit, if you were in prayer and fasting, you would not be operating and acting in the way that you are. So when people are, are um, siding with the enemy and choosing to uh, go along with their flesh-like desires, the word said, dear friends, don't be surprised or shocked that you are going through these testings, through testing that is like, walking through fire. So God knows, the Lord knows that it's hot. The Lord knows that it hurts. The Lord knows that it doesn't feel good, but he's told us to don't be surprised or shocked. In fact, he said in verse 13, be glad for the chance to suffer as Christ suffered. It will prepare you for even greater happiness when he makes his glorious return. So it's just preparation. Right, BC family? When we fell in that fire, when there's smoke in the room, when the enemy walked in and conspired against you and thought he had you, thought he was going to knock you off the pedestal that God has placed us up on, thought he was going to call you out of the kingdom, thought he was going to call you out of the palace, Thought he was going to call you out of the place of peace. It says, be glad for the chance to suffer as Christ did. So BC family, we shall be glad. Because we get to do and we get to feel what it is. That Christ felt when all the way leading up until he gave his life for us. And don't get discouraged because it said in the word as well that we shall do greater works than his son, Jesus. So guess what? To whom much is given, much is required. So when we have been given the power to do more than what Jesus did, we read about these things that Jesus experienced, right? Judas is turning against them. Many of things that we can name. People literally hating Jesus. And all he did was operate in love and brought healing. So, so of course, we can expect to receive oh, way harsh, way worse treatment. We can experience people talking about us. We can experience people coming to us, talking out the side of their neck. We can experience, we can expect to experience those things, as it says in the word of the Lord. But we shall be glad for a chance to suffer as Christ suffered. So, BC family, somebody tell the enemy with me on today. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Somebody tell the enemy with me on today. Satan, you thought you knocked me off my stool. Somebody tell the enemy with me on today by Satan. Glory to God, BC family. So before we go, I also want to go to the book of James, as we said, chapter four. And I want to read to you. I'm just going to read from the beginning. And it reads chapter four, James chapter four, verse one. And this is talking about. Friendship with the world, right? 
We're called to be ye separate and set apart. People should know a difference, BC family, when we walk in a room. People should know a difference by the way that we carry ourselves. People should know and see a difference by the way that we respond. People should just know there is something different about this person. And and it can go either way. We can't expect people to always be happy that you are different. People can hate you because you're different. But we have to remember that we are. Amen. So James chapter 4 verse 1 reads, Why do you fight and argue with each other? Isn't it because you are full of selfish desires that fight to control your body? You want something you don't have. And you will do anything to get it. You will even kill. But you still cannot get what you want. And you want to get it by fighting and arguing. You should pray for it. Yet even when you do pray, your prayers are not answered because you pray just for selfish reasons. You people aren't faithful to God. Don't you know That if you love the world, you are God's enemies. And if you decide to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you doubt the scriptures that say God truly cares about the spirit he has put in us? In fact, God treats us with even greater kindness, just as the scripture says. God opposes Everyone who is proud. But he is kind to everyone who is humble. Surrender to God. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. And he will run from you. Come near to God. And he will continue. He will come near to you. Clean up your lives. You sinners. Purify your hearts. You people who can't make up your mind, be sad and sorry and weep. Stop laughing and start crying. Be gloomy instead of glad. Be humble in the Lord's presence and he will honor you. This is a mighty, mighty word for somebody on today. This is a mighty, mighty word on for someone who is in the world and chooses to be in the world because you have a choice instead of in the kingdom. These are the words. This is the Lord's sayings. This is the Lord's commands. I'm going to read verse 9 over again because I want to make sure that if it be anybody of the BC family who is operating in worldly ways, who is causing mayhem, who is causing strife, who is trying to cause tension, because I said trying because we know that no weapons formed up against the children of God shall prosper. Hallelujah. So anybody who is playing um, uh, in, in a who is operating in double mindedness who are straddling the fence, choosing to operate as the world does, but saying that they love Christ. God is not pleased. And he is not happy with what it is you're doing. In fact, in verse 9, he is telling you, he is speaking to you as he says, be sad and sorry and weep. 
Stop laughing and start crying. Be gloomy instead of glad. Be humble in the Lord's presence and he will honor you. I'm going to read that last part again from verse 10. Be humble in the Lord's presence and he will honor you. So if you're choosing to continue to do worldly things, to operate in the world, to side with the enemy instead of walking with God, God is calling you to be sad and sorry and to weep. Stop your laughing and start crying. He's saying to be gloomy instead of glad. To me, this is, I'm seeing a cloud over your head. And it's not one of those clouds with the heavily rain. This is a cloud where, where you see the lightning bolt coming out, the thunder, the raining on your parade. Right? This is where you begin to bring about those plagues. This is where you begin to bring about those famines on your land. This is where you begin to start to see things dry up in your life. Because you're choosing the world. But I'm here to tell you on today to turn. I'm here to encourage you to turn from those wicked ways. If people have done you wrong and you feel you're being taunted and manipulated and whatever else the case may be. Allow God to be God. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So when you choose to take things in your own hands, take matters into your own hands and be a friend of the world, you can expect to weeping. You can expect no more laughter. These are the things that you will begin to expect, right? But on today... I'm here to lead you in a prayer of surrenderance and to help you to ask for that forgiveness that your soul, soul longs for, soul desires. So that as verse 10 says, that you can be humble in the Lord's presence and he will honor you again. Okay, DC family, we all fall short of the glory, but we have to be quick at mending the fences that have been broken. We have to be quick at repenting when we operate in the way that the enemy calls us to operate. So I want to take this time to pray us out. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we invite your Holy Spirit in on today. We thank you for this enlightenment. We thank you for this revelation. We thank you for this divine appointment. We thank you for clarity on the things that we may not have knew or the things that we may not have such a deep understanding on, Father God. Some of us have been doing things, Father God, that we know you would not be proud of. Some of us have taken refuge with the world. Some of us have teamed up with what the world is doing, with how the world says we should respond. Some of us have been reacting instead of responding to situations. 
Father God. And we are here today, Father God, to say, Father God, we surrender to your will, to your way, Father God. Father God, we ask for forgiveness on today of our sins. Father God, we ask that you wash us with the blood of Jesus on today, Father God. We ask for your highest dose of grace and mercy on today, Father God. Father God, we are nothing without you, God. Father God, we don't want to cry. We don't want to mourn, Father God. We don't want to stop laughing, Father God. In fact, Father God, we want to dance like David did, Father God. Father God, we know that our faith makes us whole, Father God. So I pray that you fill us back up, Father God. Fill us in every area of our life, Father God, that we may be lacking your Holy Spirit, God. And we just come against any strongholds that the enemy has placed us in, God. We cast down any idols, Father God, that we may have been idolizing, whether it be alcohol, cigarettes, sexual immorality, Father God. Whether it be lust um, of men, Father God. Whether it be seeking validation, whatever the things are that we have been holding on a pedestal to fill voids that only you can fill, God. We come to you today with all of these things on a food tray, Father God, saying that we will no longer feast on these things. We will no longer consume these things to fill us up. We will no longer idolize these things, Father God, and we loose them in the name of Jesus. Back into your hands, Father God, so that you may bury these things, Father God, so deep within the earth that we will never pick up these things again, that we may never operate in these ways again, God. Hallelujah. And that we may put on a garment of praise, Father God, and thanksgiving, because yet again you have forgiven us. Father God, we ask that you just give us grace, Father God. Because we know that for every action, Father God, we have to face the things that we did. Because we know that when we sow seeds, we reap a harvest. And sometimes, Father God, we don't always sow seeds of greatness. Sometimes we allow the enemy to use us, Father God. So we know that we... We can expect to receive those things back, God. And when those things come full circle, Father God, we just ask that you put us a perfect peace, Father God. Help us to see the teaching behind it, Father God. And as we endure the emotion that come with it, Father God, help us not to sin against you again. Because we know it won't feel good. We know it doesn't feel good. We want you to be well pleased with us, Father God. We ask that you hear our humble cry, Father God, so that you may smile upon us again, so that you may honor us again, oh God, that we, will, that we may go forth and honor you, that we shall and that we will go forth and that we may honor you with our actions, with the way that we love, with the way that we go forth, Father God, and uh, be leaders of greatness, Father God. We thank you so much, Father God, for your forgiveness. We offer up the highest praise of hallelujah in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.
We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for growth, Father God. We thank you for this very processing, Father God. Hallelujah. I just feel the Holy Spirit's presence so strong in this time, BC family. We thank you, Father God. We just thank you, Father God. Can we give the Lord a a, a praise of hallelujah for thanksgiving? Father God, we thank you. We come to you in thanksgiving. We thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you, Jesus, for who you were when you walked this earth. We thank you for giving us a new standard of living. We thank you for setting the bar high. We thank you, Father God for your declaration that we will do greater works than your son, Jesus. Father God, it is a high expectation to live up to, but we know that you have graced us for it. We know that we are able. We know that we are more than conquerors. We know that we shall and will mount up on wings like eagles, Father God. So we thank you, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we say glory, hallelujah, and amen. I thank you so much, BC family, for joining us in this time. Continue praying, continue fasting. We are almost to the end of this fast. We are about halfway through. But I don't know about you, I'm not rushing for the fast to be over. We are right under his wing where we need to be. And I don't know about you, BC family, but I feel so much peace, so much joy. And the world didn't give us this joy, so the world can't take it away. I'm going to say it again. The world didn't give us this joy, so the world can't take it away. No worldly actions could take this joy away. Because God gave it to us. This is the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. So until next time, BC family, stay great, blessed, and filled, and prosperous. Amen.